Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, and deadites. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest installment of The Rental. It's a deep dive into 1982's Spanish slasher classic, Pieces. How do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there so we can give you one more scare. Continue with some questions about the actual movie itself. Do you? So one thing I noticed watching this picture is that it seems it appears to have a self-awareness of the grindhouse aesthetic and the slasher genre. Do you think that's intentional, knowing a little bit about these filmmakers and these producers on their part? that they're trying to make a movie that kind of takes the piss out of the horror of this era? Or do you think they're just kind of leaning into all the tropes so hard that it almost comes out the other side as comedy? I don't think they were going for comedy at all. I truly don't think that. I think think it came out that way. This is the best case example of um, circumstantial, situational... um, uh, production history that comes into like the humor aspects of it all. Cause like, if you think about it, like Simone, you know, he grew up watching American movies and he had actually, I mean, according to Joe Bob on the, the, the pieces, because I was wondering about this while watching it, I was like, this feels like someone commenting on American culture that doesn't really know what American culture is, which is for me, if we do this to other countries, you were always like, everyone just goes nuts about us. <laughs> but when people do it to America, it's funny. The because ugly America's, American. Yes. I, I, and I think it's funny because we kind of need that sort of check, heat check a little bit. And watching this, I was like, oh, this does feel like it's from the point of view of someone who is just literally painting hyperbolic America or, you know, sensational America. And that's literally what happened because like, I mean, according to Joe Bob, he was saying that like Simone, Simone had never even been here. And I think that's funny considering how entrenched in just what the American life is. I mean, you have the American teens, you have the American cops, and then you have the American culture. And I, I just, I kind of think that it speaks for the humor in this. I mean, especially the, you know, not only mentioned the one-liners, but just the the awkward nature of it. Like everyone kind of seems like um, they're aliens in this. Like, it's like, I think when I was talking <laughs> yeah. to Justin about it, Justin was like, it, it, it's like one of those situations that we always talk about where it's like, if aliens were tasked to like create a movie about humans, that's what this case is. But in this case, it's just, it's a, you know, a Spanish filmmaker saying, all right, here's American culture in the way that I see it. And that's kind of interesting to me. Like to me, that was the most insightful thing I got out of this movie is that, Oh, this is how he saw Americans. And to be quite honest, not too far off, I will say. So well, it's funny because if you if you grew up watching American film, then I, I, to me that feels like well, then wouldn't you know that none of this is actually real? Like none of this actually happens in America. But I will say, I even if it was written with that intention, I don't think any of the actors knew what movie they were doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I and yeah. I think oh, in the no. dub in the dubbing, there's a lot of and I and largely with Christopher George where. He is really trying, like, whereas with other actors, because they're dubbing over someone that was speaking Italian or Spanish, they're just saying the line, right? Yeah. Like in a normal way. 
But man, all the American actors are really trying to sync up their lips with what's happening. And it gives it such a weird, weird delivery every time oh. that it just comes off like alien. <laughs> like like yeah. they don't know how to speak yet. It's, they don't know how it's to, almost like, otherworldly yes, yeah. in a way. It's so funny. Uh, uh, so... I, I think, uh, you know, once you start debating genre, subgenre, you're always going to get in trouble because, like, the best movies kind of transcend genre. But if you had to draw a line in the sand with pieces, is pieces giallo or is pieces a slasher? I, the thing is, giallo, that's that's always so hard for me is that you know the way i look at what giallo is is i i kind of lean more into the whodunit aspect of it which clearly isn't the case but for me that's what i always think of when i think of giallo whereas a slasher like you could even just see the fucking you know the the stalker i mean i think like the prowler like we don't really necessarily need to know even who it is it's just this guy right whereas like with giallo like you don't even really see the, the 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 person usually it's mostly a lot of point of view shots it's the arm it's here and there and that's kind of how I've always looked at it. In that, in that sense, like this movie, obviously you see the the shadow esque creature here, or the creature, the person. But and for he's, me, he's it's clad so in typical giallo wear. He's got the yeah. big hat, the raincoat, the black gloves. Except it's not a knife; it's a gigantic, loud chainsaw. Yeah, that he's it's, using that he can easily conceal when walking into elevators. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, that was yeah, bad. The big idea. Coat. I, I, that's I, a big coat. I think it's very giallo. I mean. Yeah. It was funny because all you could think of was Tenebre, which is mm-hmm. which came out the same year and and later that year, I think, which is weird. But uh, I think they all had uh, clearly influenced by by that genre, absolutely. I think. But but you, but you know, it's also part of the genre that I always think of is like this sort of spatial dreaminess of it all. Like when you think mm-hmm. of Suspiria, like if someone said, "All right, write down." Like in any of the movies, actually Argento movies, it, write down like what you think is the spatial, like the the location. You know, like what make a map for me? You wouldn't be able to. Like your mind would just like crumble. And that's kind of the same way I look at this movie. Like I, I just feel like there's just all these sort of like stitched together areas and set pieces that all seem like they're seemingly connected, but also not. Like someone dies and someone nearby hears it, and it seems as if they're in three different locations of, across the campus. <laughs> and to me, that is a part of like the sort of uh, spatial awareness or a lack of awareness, if anything, that really kind of fuels a lot of the Jallo movies for me. Like I think about Deep Red when the detective's oh, yeah. walking around the town. It at one point I think there's like an outside outside diner that's underneath, and then there's like you know pitch black on one point. There's a courtyard. I, it's just like what the fuck? Where are we? Like, and that's kind of that's that's kind of the unsettling part of a Jello that I like. The dream, the dreamlike yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Dream-like totally, totally. Here's another question: Have you ever smoked pot and gotten laid on a waterbed? I I don't like waterbeds. I was really trying hard to think about that when that line hit, amongst other things. But <laughs> I've been stoned and been on a waterbed before because my best friend growing up had one. And so we'd, when we'd have sleepovers, we'd all sleep on it. And I'd be upset because I hated it <laughs> because I couldn't go to bed. They would just like, you're just moving. I can't imagine anyone wanting to be stoned and on a waterbed because I feel like that would just really weird you out, right? You're already yeah, no, like, out there. You think it's a good thing? It's cool. No, Wait, I'm, a, you, I'm, a, I'm a fa- I am a fan of the waterbed. I had a waterbed growing up because my uncle sold waterbeds. 
So I oh. slept on a waterbed for most of my life, and for years as an adult wanted to get one until the current mattress I have, I won in a contest when I sold mattresses back in the 2000s. I know this is... is- very personal, very weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wait, is your uncle uh, Cooper Hoffman from uh, Licorice Pizza? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Close now, enough. Mike, have you, has that happened to you? Have you smoked and made love on a waterbed? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, because um, so there's a great motel out uh, near Summit in Chicago, but it's near the suburb of Summit called the Rainbow Motel. Oh, my uh, Lord. <laughs> everybody who's listening to this. Uh, what's the what's the exact room number so that people can go well, re- re-experience? I the can't tell you about But let me tell you about the rooms at this place. Okay. This place has a room with a bed that looks like a sandwich. It's mm. got the Roman room. It's got the Vegas room. I was I, in I've kind of, of this the, place. I yeah. was in kind of a generic room with just like the heart-shaped hot tub and a waterbed. The problem with this place is they don't fill the waterbeds up with enough water because they're, it's a cheap motel. So it's not as comfortable as it could be. But I have a funny story. Uh, the, when, you buy, when you spend a night, because most people only spend a couple hours there, you know, the, the nap rates. When mm-hmm. you spend a night, <laughs> you get a free bottle of champagne. And this was after a wedding. I was there with a young lady. And I could not get the bottle of champagne open. They had a weird cork on it, this weird plastic cork. I'm a little tuned up, too. So I call the front desk to ask how to open this bottle of champagne. And the funniest part is that this woman had had this call before. I was not the first person that night to call and say, how do you open up this, uh, how do you open up this champagne? <laughs> but I got it done. And, uh, yeah, big fan. Wanted to put a plug in for the Rainbow Motel. But, Max, I didn't tell you the best part. As an X-Files fan, they have two spaceship rooms. Ooh. But they're always booked. I have never been in the spaceship room. You need to make Either a book. Can someone write this out? One of the listeners out there who really is like a diehard Vander, the diehard Vanderbilt. <laughs> we need like a volume of novels, like not not even just one memoir novel, like the entire <laughs> like a series, like like the fucking Hardy Boys or something, or like like a, like Elmore Leonard novels, but in the style of just all your experiences that you've had. I yeah. mean, <laughs> like take that one story and build a story around yes, it. How did I exactly. end up in, in the if, Rainbow if, Motel? Have you guys ever seen uh, Wonder Years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 